Welcome back to the Warts and All podcast. I'm Susie Edge, medical doctor, historian and author, and I'm fascinated by how we've treated the human body in life and in death. But let's face it, mostly in death. My book, Mortal Monarchs, A Thousand Years of Royal Deaths, is available to buy now in the UK in bookshops and on Amazon.co.uk. In other parts of the world, I'm still waiting to hear news that it's on the shelves. We are waiting. In the meantime, for a hardcover, you could go to the Book Depository, who are selling with free shipping worldwide. Uh, or there's the ebook or the audiobook, which is available on Amazon.com. That's doing really well. I don't have adverts on this podcast, but if you would like to support me and my work, then please grab a copy of the book. It would make a great Christmas gift, I reckon. <laughs> and for the hardback, well, I think the price is great. On this podcast episode, 15 I think, we're taking a look at the exhibiting of dead bodies, from skeletons of old to the modern plastinets used by Body Worlds and later copycat exhibitions. And with that, we're going to take a closer look at the big issue of consent. Before that though, some mail. Once again, I've had a huge number of DMs, videos shared of my book making its way around the world. Thank you for those. I've tried to acknowledge them all and I am concerned that some may have slipped through the net because there have been so many. If you think that I've missed your post, then please shout. I really don't want to miss saying thank you to anyone who has gone to the trouble to share and send their support. I really do appreciate it. Actually, when I was playing with the graphics for this podcast, I found a lot of reviews on the Apple site. I hadn't seen them before. I didn't know they were there. And I spent a lovely few minutes looking through those. What a really amazing, supportive bunch you are. Thank you. I did say we were going to have a spot for corrections as well. Nobody's pointed anything out to me this week. In fact, I went back to reply to the eagle-eyed spotter of the date error in Mortal Monarchs. And I don't have the email anymore. I don't have the notification. I don't know why. I think it was someone called Dawn who sent me that. And if it was you then, well spotted. Thanks for letting me know. Sorry I didn't get back to you in time. Possibly the notification expires. Now on to the podcast, the displaying of dead bodies. Last year I made a post saying that I was off to the Hunterian Museum in London to see amongst other exhibits the bones of Irishman and giant Charles Byrne. The remains of Byrne were dissected and have been on public display for the last hundred years against the wishes of Byrne himself. It was a subject I wanted to address in part as part of the research I'm doing for my next book, but more on that later. I had an immediate reply telling me that the museum is shut for refurbishment and so I couldn't go. And they pointed out that I probably shouldn't go anyway because he didn't want his body used in that way and I was just encouraging them and could I not do that? Ouch. I was left thinking about displays, body parts and consent. Why was Byrne singled out? Well, he was born in 1761 and he grew to 7 feet 7 inches tall. He had a pituitary tumour that, it's hard to say, he had a pituitary tumour that contributed to his continued growth. He became very well known because of it and as such he was spotted by the anatomists. They asked that he donate his body for dissection upon his death, but he refused. He even asked his friends to make sure that his body was disposed of at sea, and still the undertakers managed to enable the anatomists to steal his dead body. His bones were being kept and displayed, and will be put back on display when the museum is reopened. Some people aren't very happy about that. 
Their concern is that all of this goes against Byrne's wishes. Is there a line, though, a date set sometime between then and now, that the attitude changes? And this was a man who died in 1783. He died in the 18th century, and his remains remain on display. Should there even be a line at all? What of remains that are found and later displayed as museum pieces? They didn't give consent. That's a different story. I ask because there are exhibitions now that display human remains, some with questionable provenance. How do the millions of people who have paid to view these exhibitions feel about the ideas of consent? It always seems to be a mixed bag when the punters at these exhibitions are asked whether they would like their own bodies treated in this way. Half of them say, yeah, go for it, I won't need it when I'm dead. And half say, absolutely no way. So that was a thought festering in my, let's face it, rather strange mind, when I was wandering around London in October 2022. I was starting to think about the impact of so-called dark tourism and how work and online content like mine contributes to such a thing. Having visited the old operating theatre and had fun amongst the images of 19th century operations, I was wandering around London with a few hours to spare before my flight home and I came across some posters for Gunther von Hagen's Body Worlds exhibition. I was momentarily excited because I had almost forgotten about this. After the huge hype of the late 90s, a time when I was dissecting bodies myself in anatomy classes, I had been to Brick Lane back then in the early 2000s to see it, but the excitement of seeing it again was very short-lived. The posters were faded and frayed at the edges, and though I followed their directions, like the faded posters, the venue was in a bit of a state. The doors were shut and the alleyway to the entrance was reeking of urine, and that told me that I wasn't going to find the Body Worlds exhibition that day. I was disappointed. I had seen the exhibition years ago, as I said, when it first came to London. Its home was in the old brewery in Brick Lane. And I had not had the chance to see it again, and I had not realised the scale of the operation that Body Worlds had become. It was later housed at the Ripley, believe it or not, exhibition um, where that had been in Piccadilly. And millions had seen it, but it had not reopened its doors since after the Covid lockdowns. Coupled with my interest in, well, not seeing Charles Burns' bones, it got me thinking about Body Worlds, what it had become in those years I'd forgotten about it, and what happens now. Body Worlds was the exhibition arm of Gunther von Hagen's body of work. <laughs> Sorry about that. The show contains various anatomical specimens, from blocks of preserved tissue to full-body posed cadavers in varying states of dissection and preservation. With light boxes and full walk-round displays, it really was, and in some places still is, quite the spectacle. Von Hagens is an anatomist who achieved a doctorate in Heidelberg in the 1970s, and it was back then that he started to develop his technology of plastination. It was his invention, and it took years to perfect. The result was groundbreaking, but more on von Hagens. Gunther von Hagens himself brings a novelty to this work. He's a showman, can be shocking, and always wears a trademark fedora. It's a literal hat tip to Nicholas Tulp. In Rembrandt's The Anatomy Lesson of Nicholas Tulp, the subject is wearing such a hat, and now von Hagen's is not seen without one. In the 1990s, when his technique was perfected, he took the show on the road. Back then he appeared on the UK talk show presented by Jonathan Ross. He walked out to a band singing The Monster Mash. 
And on that show, Ross introduced him saying that he makes works of art from human corpses. There was no space there given to that von Hagens was a doctor who developed his techniques with a mind to education. He even described himself as a public anatomist. He had done the first public display of dissection for, for many, many years, like maybe over a hundred. I do think it's a bit of a shame that there's no differentiation between von Hagen's work and the later copycats who were not doctors looking to further our knowledge, but they were just out to make money by putting on a show. That's probably not helped by von Hagen's himself being such a showman, and maybe one could argue that without his eccentricity and his personal brand, that his show and later versions would not have become what they did. So what is the plastination process? Von Hagen's described that in the 1970s he saw a specimen that had been encased in plastic in order to preserve it. He then had the idea that perhaps they could put the plastic on the inside of the specimen rather than on the outside. And he then spent two decades perfecting the technique he called plastination. The water was removed from all the cells to be replaced by acetone. Now that boils at a low temperature, so that can be vaporised, and then with a vacuum process the polymer is drawn into the cells. Polymers then harden and remain in the shape of the tissue that they had filled. The process, von Hagens tells us, brings the tissues to a place between death and decay. He described that there should be a consideration of aesthetics and pride in the specimens, making the anatomy emotional, rather than simply in the anatomical position of prone position, hands by side, arms facing the ceiling. The Renaissance anatomists, after all, would put bodies in lifelike poses and displays, and they were an influence on von Hagen's, and we see that with his trademark hat. The anatomists of old would draw and sculpt depictions of the body in the écoché style, showing the muscles and organs without the skin in the traditional 17th-18th century style, and this exhibition uses that technique also. In this exhibition, full-body plastinets can be seen in various poses. The smaller specimens show up close to the organs of the body in various states of disease or health, if you can say that. I mean, we're dealing with the dead, so maybe we should say pathological versus non-pathological states. We are greeted by a skeleton at prayer holding a human heart. There are shiny prosthetic implants sitting within joints. It's a sight you wouldn't see unless you were in an orthopaedic operating theatre when it was implanted or during an autopsy after the game was up. The Body Worlds exhibition became an enormous enterprise. At one point, there were 240 employees working at five different labs in different countries as the spectacle grew in the late 90s and early 2000s, so did von Hagen's. He opened up a lab in Dalian City in China with the help of a chap called Sui Hongjin. Now, Sui Hongjin later took the plastination process and set up a rival, Bodies, the exhibition, and trouble started to grow. So what was the controversy? Well, it wasn't just Chinese, but we'll start there. The problem is that the Chinese people don't generally donate their bodies to medicine or science, and yet there was a supply. It was thought that the bodies were coming from the police. Where the police acquired them from was unknown. Alarm bells might start ringing at that point. Accusations started to appear. The German magazine Der Spiegel published an expose. They claimed that at least two of the bodies in von Hagen's stores in China had bullet holes in the head. It was a serious accusation. Perhaps they were even prisoners of conscience, and it's been suggested that these were people of the banned Falun Gong movement. 
Von Hagens took out an injunction against the magazine. They couldn't publish such accusations again. He denied any knowledge of Chinese cadavers in his exhibitions. In 2003, he returned seven corpses to China. Von Hagens has always maintained that his cadavers were ethically sourced, and when a problem arose, he did send bodies back. But it wasn't just Chinese bodies that had caused a commotion. Earlier, in 2002, von Hagens denied that Russian bodies were used in his exhibitions, despite two Russian doctors from the University of Novosibirsk in Siberia being charged with illegal supply of 56 bodies to von Hagens. They were accused of supplying the dead bodies of convicts, of the homeless and of the mentally ill, without the consent of them or their relatives. Von Hagen said that the bodies were sent to his lab with the intention of him carrying out the work, the treatment of plastination that he was an expert at, and returning them to Russia, being the contractor, if you will. Again, he said that those bodies on display in his Body World show had full consent. He also had a long waiting list of people who were keen to donate their bodies. Wait, waiting list might not be the right way of putting it, but you know what I mean. He was therefore asking... Why would we need to pay for bodies of questionable provenance? One protester said of the whole thing that if you're going to do business with Russia and China, then one must be aware of the corrupt nature of their governments. If you're buying cheap specimens in China, that should tip you off. He had a point. That came from an article by Luke Harding in The Guardian in 2004. But Bodyworlds and Von Hagen's had become a huge global phenomenon. Somebody was doing very well out of it. Von Hagen's, whether he had knowingly used illegally sourced bodies or not, I think has somehow been brought down further by the clearly less scrupulous, less caring copycats to his work. Taking the plastination process and copying it, other exhibitions would soon spring up around the world in the same manner as Von Hagen's. In 2007, the Bishop of Manchester, when a human plastinate show came to his city, called the exhibitors body snatchers. He was referring to all the shows, the original body worlds, but also the copycats. Bodies, the exhibition. Our body, the universe within. Bodies revealed. Body exploration. Mysteries of the human body. And coepros entrenables. These later copycat shows took the plastination techniques and ran with them, really without the original ideas and reasoning of von Kargens. Like him or not, he could explain what he was doing and why he was doing it, and not just solely for a freak show voyeurism that the later groups seemed to have done it for. And what's more, their bodies came from China. Lord Alton of Liverpool spoke to the House of Lords in 2021. He said that at the show at the NEC in Birmingham in 2018, there were probably people who had been executed in China. New York Attorney General Andrew Cuomo, after investigations that also looked at organ harvesting, said, Despite repeated denials, Premier, who were the company behind the other exhibitions, can't demonstrate the circumstances that led to the death of the individuals. These ones, they are a bit more murky. And yet they are being seen by millions of willing members of the public wanting a peek inside the bodies, a view very few of us get to see. And I don't know about Hagen's either way. I certainly can't accuse him of anything. 
I like to think that underneath the slightly sinister showman of von Hagen's, that the man really loves human bodies and anatomy and wants to share it with us through his work of plastination and public displays, even if there is a level of showmanship that has probably also served his bank balance very well. The same can't necessarily be said for the non-Body Worlds affiliated shows. But they remain popular, and the consent debate continues then, not just about the century-old bones of the Irishman and giant Charles Byrne, but today with the display of unknown and perhaps even murdered people. Beyond the questions of whether or not those on display ever gave their consent to be part of the exhibitions, for some, the ethical dilemma is more about the treatment of people after death, the display of bodies to a paying public. Religious ethicist Thomas Hibbs said that by manipulating body parts in this way, the exhibitors were stripping the larger human significance. This was dead body porn, he said, and he questioned what it is about society that so many would queue up to see the bodies, when, when I say so many, it was many, many millions of people. So basically, in my mind, and sorry to get a bit philosophical, he's arguing against what society wants to do, and what might go against his particular interest, religious or otherwise, but I would argue not societies. I don't know if the London Body Worlds exhibition intends to open their doors again. They have a lot of work to do there, if that's the plan. Someone needs to clean that alleyway for a start. Von Hagens is in his 70s now, and sadly has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He surprised his wife with a request that the body be put through the plastination process so that he might be put on display and greet visitors to the exhibition, complete with his trademark hat. Yeah, I'd go and see that. What does that say about me? I'll leave that for you to decide. As for my body, do what you like with it. So millions of people all over the world have queued, paid for and filed past the global phenomenon that is the Body World's exhibition. For science? For learning, for voyeurism, well, it's not for the squeamish, that's for sure. For me, that's for the individual to decide. Instead, this exhibition, and later copycats, provides an accessibility to the human body that is simply not possible for those who do not work in healthcare, and many have never seen a dead body nowadays. There does need to be, though, a consideration of consent. And wherever you are in the world, whatever the laws are, perhaps, perhaps von Hagen's and the, and the other body worlds type exhibitions needs to be as vigorous as the most serious, and therefore everybody's happy. Consent needs serious considerations. And denials and talk of lack of knowledge just dodge the truth. I, for one, have no problem with the display of human anatomy for the purpose of education, be that formal or otherwise, and bearing in mind that such exhibitions are educational, even if they're not affiliated to university courses or science centres, they are educational because they expand the experience of life. They do need to have consent, though. So, what of Charles Byrne? Has too much time passed? Am I saying that consent is needed for those, but it's not needed for Charles Byrne's body? No, I'm not. We're all so full of contradictions, aren't we? I still don't know if there should be a line, a date line, to say before this date it's good, after this date. I think the, the thing about Charles Byrne is that 
It's not that his body was taken without consent. His body was taken against his desire and will. And if you're going to look at this like it's not black and white, that there's a spectrum, well, his is at the far end of it. He said no. What should we do with his bones? Maybe it's time to bury them. I've been pretty busy lately. I've been... What have we been doing? I was a guest on BBC Radio Shropshire with Jim Hawkins. That was a fun chat, and they've asked me back to... Um, to join in again at the end of November, so I'll let you know what's happening with that closer to the time. I was a guest on the Bestseller Experiment podcast where we talked about, we did a deep dive into using TikTok for authors and how authors can tell stories to, to get themselves get themselves out there on the wonderful app that is TikTok. I was a guest on the Betwixt the Sheets podcast, which is a podcast from Dr. Kate Lister and History Hit, where we talked about, guess what, we talked about the the deaths of kings and queens over the last thousand years. We recorded that podcast on the morning of the 8th of September. It was when the queen died, but we didn't know at that point. Obviously, we didn't know that was going to happen. And so we just kept it back for a wee bit out of respect. I'm going to be doing some talks in the coming months, which are starting to fill the diary. And I'm going to be talking to some higher English students as well about writing non-fiction. And what else? Well, in between all of those things, I'm writing another book. But as I said before, more on that later. So what's next? Well, I'm so glad to have the podcast back up and running. The whole warts and all idea is wide reaching and we will look at different aspects of the human body's place in history. Coming up, we're going to have a look at A Year Without a Summer, The Old Operating Theatre, Uh, the hospital at the Battle of Waterloo. So please subscribe, rate and review us on the Apple app or wherever you are, and we can keep going. In the meantime, you can find me on TikTok at Susie Edge, on Twitter at Susie Edge, on Instagram at Suze.Edge. I'm trying to sort out Be Real at Susie Edge, but the app is fighting me for deleting and reloading it. Uh, I'll try and get that sorted. My website is SusieEdge.com and there are links there to buy the book Mortal Monarchs. Please do. And I'll see you soon. Unless unless you want to buy the audiobook, in which case I'll be back in a moment.